Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Emergency Powered Podcast. You've made it through another week. Sit on down and power up with us. Woo! All right. Yeehaw. I'm ready. Is this the one where things get weird? They weren't getting weird already? already? Yeah, that's what I thought. I can only guarantee weirder, though. So every time you ask that question, the answer is going to be yes. That's good. I want to see it escalate. So last time I dropped a bunch of stuff on you guys, like the uh, the the semi priest of the triple church, as it the were. Church. You guys had quite a conversation, especially Five E. So I've been I've been a little curious over this last week or so. What you guys? think is going on here now that you've actually gotten a little information i'm i'm solidly an alternate reality camp i think what whatever happened to us in in transit on um that ship shunted us into another timeline um because either everyone here is insane and subject Mm. to a massive like you know propaganda disinformation campaign it was the swamp Um, gases yeah (laughs) I mean, and that's that's not outside the realm of possibility. It's possible that somebody is like lying to everyone on this planet, but it seems more likely that we're somewhere that we or some win that we definitely should not be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, on the same, I'm in the same kind of boat. I think it's it's like that episode of Deep Space Nine or series of episodes where they had the Negaverse thing going on. Where they got they got pulled through the transporter and there was like the evil O'Brien and you know all the <laughs> all the evil versions. I think it's something like that. Um, my theory, because here's what we know from my notes: the 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 timeline, something about uh, 82 years ago, was when they lost drift travel. You know, our timeline, we don't remember that. That never happened. We still had drift travel. We got, we detected a beacon. You know, Cat analyzed our, our ship and we detected a drift beacon that wasn't on record in our databanks. So what I think happened is this beacon was actually in this dimension or this timeline someone got it working and it sucked us in because we weren't expecting it to be there and it threw off our coordinates or whatever. Hmm. So that is my theory. I'm definitely going to go with the the whole world either was under some sort of I don't know like a, a war or perhaps blew itself up from within and the history that was then taught I guess changed throughout the times I, I don't know as much about the uh, kind of like the star uh, I want to say starship that is not the right thing that we're playing though Starfinder <laughs> Starfinder star universe uh, Starship so, Finder yeah throughout a lot of that conversation I was thinking this guy's crazy uh, some, <laughs> some lies are getting fed to him and maybe this whole world is under this illusion that, you know, the drift doesn't work anymore, even though it does. However, I am remembering the kind of description that we had as we got 
pulled, uh, I think it was either into the drift. He said something about, it's like we went through a wormhole or something like that. So that might lend more towards Jeff and uh, Richard's theory there. But I'm still going to be under the camp of something's up with this world as whole. And so you think they're like, they've been told some misinformation and oh. that drip, maybe drift travel isn't as impossible as they think. Perhaps. Maybe and it's it, impossible for them right now. Yeah, I, I and, and that that's kind of where I'm going a little bit. Uh, I do think that they lost drift travel. I I think it was more complete than just this world. Um, but I don't think they actually lost like the capability. They just lost the knowledge to do mm. it. I think that if we had our ship and we had a drift engine that mm-hmm. was running, I think we could still do it. I think that we j- these this world has lost the knowledge to do it. Hmm. Oh, then we definitely got to get our ship back. That's my thinking. Would also <laughs> kind of like to know why there's like random groups of thugs that want to take me alive. <laughs> yeah. That's from weird. another dimension, nonetheless. No less. Like voyeuristic intentions. So, so they know they know who you are, even though we're from another dimension. That is, they, they want us technology or, or something. Rec- is it? Do they yeah. know who I am, or do they just know what I am? Because but, I mean, I could see it being, I could see there being some value in having your own, you know. Yeah, they didn't call you by name. I don't think they just. No. They just said take take that one alive. Maybe maybe they're like a cult of robot worshippers or something. (laughs) At least they recognized your sentience. They said to take you alive. So those are some interesting theories. I like to see where your guys' heads are at. Adam, when we're if if it turns out that one of us is right, is there a a prize? Do we get a popsicle? There could be. There could be. We'll see. (laughs) A delicious frozen space treat. Yeah. Man, what are we going to do with all the popsicles that Adam gives us when Adam's not here to play with us and require us to need to use popsicles? I'm, I'm going to spend them all on my drug addiction habit, apparently. <laughs> two more saves? No, I'm done. Oh, you're done? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right, because we, we, we were all this the rest of the time. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Spent that's the popsicle be so to do it, but I'm all better. It's worth Star, it. Are all Starfinder all better. It's yeah. great. Now the game begins. Okay. It's yeah. a much easier process in this game than it is in real life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A couple good nights sleep. Good to go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, lastly, right, we were thinking about tracking down the uh, vehicle that passed by this church. We're, we wanted to go to this other gang, the Goragatal, mm-hmm. um, which uh, we discovered translates from Vesk mm-hmm. to uh, from many one. Mm, interesting. Okay, and I think thumbs up most of our ideas right yeah. now. Yeah, I think uh, I think that about brings us up to it. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Yes. Why don't we? All right, so huddle close around the data pad. Pull up a blanket, close your eyes, journey with us as we open the Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume 1, Chapter 6. Under the Dome City, there is no day. 
there is no night. There is only the endless darkness that envelops the rest within its domain. Only scarce spots of light resist its complete control. Lights flood through stained glass windows of a small building amidst towering giants. Here, within the sturdy stone walls of the upgraded Church of Triune, we find Scriff, Pawns, and 5e. Scriff, the rodentesque Soki, stretches his arms wide and lets out a large yawn. His body finally free from aches and chills after several bitter days of horrible sickness. I'm Ah, that's much better. Ah, I think that the last of that food it finally came up. <laughs> <laughs> he gives a wan smile to the semi-saint of the church who has been checking up on him periodically. Scriff indicates how much better he's feeling to the religious man who nods his head and heads off to add fuel to the campfire that's keeping the building lit and warm. This is the first time since the crash that Scriff has actually felt ready to handle whatever comes next. Hans, on the other hand, is not so lucky. It had taken two days for (laughs) Scriff to overcome the repercussions of drug addiction, which had given Pons plenty of time to ruminate on what had happened so far, to think of his home and the responsibilities he had there, which now feel so far out of reach. It was on the second night that it happened. While his mind was reaching out in a lucid dream to the planet of Akaton, Something unexplainable. As his mind drifted to the contemplative city of Fee, where he had been made and educated, to his past, to Naren's. Feeling the mind of his mentor and creator sent a powerful wave of sadness through Pond. Narens was reaching the end of his lifespan. His thoughts were beginning to slow as his mind deteriorated. Their conversations were no longer about building the vast and intricate knowledge Hans would need to continue Narens' research. It was replaced by the repetition of thoughts and comments mere moments apart. Hans's and has been fully aware of the closing life of his creator, but accepting it is another matter. Narens had always taught pawns that emotion and experience were intertwined with logic and knowledge, that the path to improvement and invention lay in the balance. The genius that was retained by Narens was unmatched on Akaton, his breadth of knowledge stretched as wide as the oceans. What balance was there in his loss? Where could improvement be found in death? There has to be some way to 
stem the tide of mental decay. Somewhere out there, there has to be a way. Floating up to the fluid-filled chamber that now contained and sustained the contemplative known as Neris, Pawn reaches out with his mind. Arians, I'm going to go into the city to find one who might hold the knowledge and expertise to improve your failing condition. If I can't find the information in Bay, I'll have to consider expanding my research beyond this city. Perhaps beyond this planet. We can discuss it when I return. As you will, my young clone. Just remember that you exist to carry on when I cannot to take what knowledge I have learned and take it further than I can alone. For the good of our race and every race, don't use all your time to help an old contemplative feel the spark of youth again. Sending a warm telepathic feeling akin to a mental smile, Pawns turns to leave. Whoa. Clone? What? <laughs> yeah. That... Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been wondering for a while what's going on with that whole I've got pieces of other people's memories in me. Oh, that's <laughs> right, because he, he mentioned that I think that was that was more of an out of character Recall, it, but... it was, but I picked yeah. up on it and I was like, what's going on with that? Did, did, you, did you upload someone else's neural network into your own? And yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> that's that's a very 5e way to look at things. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the furthest with both of us working together. If there's answers out there, I'm sure we'll find them. As you will, my young clone. You... I, what was, what was I doing? Neris <laughs> trails off into confusion as the sadness swells in ponds once more. Neri, hello, hello? Oh no. As he departs the room, Pons remembers feeling the sadness as if it was happening right now. As if an observer to his own life, he watches himself leave the room. Watching Naren's float quietly in his chamber, Hans waits for whatever comes next in this painful memory. How we went into the city and searched for help for days at a time with no avail. To see himself finally come to the decision that he would have to leave this planet and Naren's in search of answers. For a long time he waits, minutes, hours, but the scene never changes. Finally, Naren stirs, casting his mind around. Ah, uh, pawns, uh, how are your studies going? Y you had just reached, uh, was, was it contact with the swarm? No. The, oh. the, the 16 subsexes of the Farron beetle? Wait. 
horns. Why, why do your neural pathways in your mind feel so different? What happened? Oh gosh. <laughs> and this is this is some time after I'm getting contacted again, correct? This is something that you experienced while Scriff was trying to recover, so yeah. this is recent. Okay. You're being reached by alternate dimension errors. Yeah. So yeah, Pons Pons is a little bit puzzled for a second, wondering how is it that he could well, one have have changed so rapidly, and then uh, kind of ponders to himself for a second. And I, I, well, we, we, we crash landed somewhere, and um, I don't know. Maybe I hit my head really hard. I, I don't entirely know where we are right now. Uh, this 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 place is a bit new and possibly. Disconnected from the drift is, is what we're hearing. Are, am I still coming through? Well, you're you're here. You're home, my boy. You're you're here with me, right now. When did you when did you crash? You've never been off. Have you been off planet before? Oh oh yeah of of course yeah uh. What, what must have been going through my head just now? How how strange. Uh, what, uh, what you're saying? That couldn't couldn't be. You, Hans. How how are your studies going? Uh, you you had just you just reached. Uh, before you can even begin to respond. You find yourself in the Church of Triune. The blanket had fallen from you to the ground 30 feet below. You must have floated up during this dream, this vision. All the heck is dark. Everyone in the church is just staring at you floating in the middle of the bedroom. What just happened? Like and no one style. had stirred from their slumbers. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, Adam, whenever you do you throw stuff like that, it's like, what is happening? No, I could watch Adam screw with Cooper all day. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my gosh, okay. Now, back in... The present Scriff and NR5E preparing for their next step of the journey. Uzi Paswoon, the space goblin, grinning from ear to ear with pride while spinning around the wicked-looking weapon that had been gifted back to him. So that experience is something that you had, Pawns, and it's up to you what you do with it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I think Pons is gonna take a take a moment and uh, maybe talk about it with a uh, Scriff or Five E later, because he wants to piece together what that experience means, and then also kind of just lift himself up from the the sadness of feeling Nerian uh, decay further. 
Okay. So, yeah, um, if it's morning, I'll scruffle get up, feeling a little bit better, and see what see what breakfast is available here. <laughs> Do we have uh, some, some bacon and eggs? Good morning, <laughs> sir. I've taken the liberty of cobbling together a protein scramble. It's not exactly your customary uh, bacon and eggs, but it will definitely get some pep in your step and ensure that you've got properly, proper calories and nutrition for getting through the day. I uh, was unsure as to whether or not this would be suitable for Master Pontus, uh, oh, forgive me, Pontus, uh, nutrient needs. Oh man, I, I have a wicked headache. Uh, what, what are those? It's a, a protein shake, I think. Oh, oh. Uh, it'd be more accurate to say that it's a protein scramble. Reprocessed bits from... Oh, it's, uh, it's still chunky. Yes, that's one of its main features. I'm told it's quite appetizing to an organic palate. You see... I wouldn't know myself, though. Pons is, like, kind of shaking a little bit and is, like... Kind of pulls it up underneath his brain and then shivers for a second as... Well... It doesn't taste as bad as you'd expect, but the texture is mm, quite quite something. Well, thank gonna, you for the compliment, sir. I'm going to take a bite. What, is it, what does this thing taste like? <laughs> it's probably like the equivalent of um, the powdered space eggs, you know, where, or when you when mm, you go to the store ooh, and you can get yummy. the astronaut food Nutritious. or the dehydrated camp food. It's going to be along those lines. Maybe maybe something that's a little bit more earthy, maybe a slight hint of decay from where it's, you know, something that is a little bit off that has been reprocessed. You probably don't want to think too hard about the protein sources that were used <laughs> to cobble this together. Probably not. This, I mean, the, the leafy greens in it, pretty fresh. Aside uh -huh. from that. This is, uh, like, straight out of a uh, field ration, essentially. Mostly, yes. Probably with some uh, gatherings from the local foraging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is the flora here edible as I eat it? <laughs> oh, quite indeed, sir. As a matter of fact, there's a species of algae which has a remarkable semblance in the texture and flavor of bacon. Um, <laughs> although it does occasionally give a slight aftertaste for people with certain genetic markers. I oh. see. Do, oh. do any of oh. us have those genetic markers? Continues eating. Well, there's only one way to find out, if you take my meaning, sir. Uh, how does it taste to you? Oh, it it, it tastes uh, almost like bacon, I guess. It's, it's uh, maybe a little less salty. Excellent. Then I've met my expectations with this culinary experiment. I shall record yeah. it in my data logs for further use. Pons, you absolutely taste like black or licorice at the end. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I've, I've never <laughs> so, really had anything like it. Um, very herbal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never had bacon before, so this is... Make sure you eat all of that. We need, we need to make sure we keep our strength, and we don't know the next time that we will be able to rest. Speaking of which... We need a plan if we are going to go after this Goragatal. As do we have any modes of transportation other than just our own legs? I'll uh, look to Victor for the answer to that question. Yeah, he's over at the campfire and 
you know, he kind of hears the conversation change away from food to what you guys are going to do next. He stands up and walks over to join the group. I've spoken to Uzi at some length about how best to bring you to the compound of the Garagatal. The vehicles they use make it easier for them to get around the fauna and other pitfalls. Since we don't have that luxury, you're probably going to have to use the sewer system. No. Oh, goody. <laughs> Do the Gurugatol ever send out patrols of smaller numbers, say two to three men on vehicles? Perhaps we could lure them out, hijack a craft, get there quicker. On occasion, I have heard vehicles go by. They have even once come here, and yes, it was of smaller numbers. It would be fortunate if you were to come across one. If we could identify the parameters that would bring them out of their camp, we might be able to set a trap for them. Hmm. Would it be Do best they come out for food or to scavenge? They came here to see if I would give them medical aid if, say, they had injuries. However, their incentives and motives do not align with Triune so I did not feel it was best to help them. So I sent So they them know away. that you are here. They do indeed. So uh, the... the Go ahead, Pons. Forgive me for interrupting did, you. Would it, I, I'd prefer to not have conflict if we can avoid it. Unless you think we could really surprise them from the sewers and uh, escape with one of their vehicles without having to well, engage in another combat. I don't believe the sewers will take you directly to their compound, but it will move you through much of the overgrowth deeper in the city. The, the upgraded saint, may his code now contribute to the underlying binary of the universe, had to return from their compound once on his own and traversed the sewer systems himself. He hesitated to go into detail, but I gathered that it was to be used in more dire circumstances. I feel all of you may be in such a time now. I definitely say we're in a dire situation, or at least our captain is likely in a dire situation. It does sound that way. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I wish we could have gone sooner, you two. But I would not have been of any help. And I hope that your decision to wait for me does not mean that we won't be able to save Captain Espa in time. Well, there's only one way to find out. Indeed. It's through the sewers, then. If you both believe that entering the base through the sewers is the optimal approach, I see no reason to dissent. 
I'll recalibrate my environmental protections to ensure that my circuitry isn't damaged by foreign particles. Victor, question. How far away is the Gorgatal home base? Well, depending on how... As the crow flies. Well, you're unable to fly. You're likely going to have to use the sewer system, uh, so... I understand that, but how... If we could go straight there, how how far is it? Maybe a day. Oh, it's that far. Okay. (laughs) That's a long time in the sewers. Well, as I said, it won't take you directly to their compound, but it will bring you closer. Oh, great. Well, there goes my plan. <laughs> Sewers it is, then. <laughs> I'm still very curious, Richard, what you were possibly getting at there. Which Out of one? character, of course. Uh, sorry, uh, Jeff. Oh. Sorry. I just oh. forget who's who. There's too many names to remember. Are you uh, suffering from the same problems as your your uh, cloner pawns? Having some memory loss? Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe that's just maybe that's just me, Cooper. <laughs> no, it's stuff. nothing. I was just thinking, you know, if it was not that far, then you know, I could just build a trebuchet and you know some hang gliders <laughs> and launches there. <laughs> It's fine. It, it was a crazy idea. That sounds Probably wouldn't amazing. have worked. Okay, future IC. If it, next time, when we get within trebuchet distance, mm-hmm. this is how we can infiltrate their base. Yeah, I want you to spend just like several days right in front of their base <laughs> construction <laughs> trebuchet. Adam, if there wasn't a wall previously, there's a wall now because where you're doing the trebuchet bit. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Launch, how far can you launch a contemplative? <laughs> They're very yeah, cannonball can shaped. True. I'll just be uh-huh. like, Wee. yeah. You, you, unlike us, you could course correct. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. How much weight can pawns carry? <laughs> I don't think not, two other creatures were. <laughs> Definitely Three, if you count Uzi. <laughs> yeah. Uzi. Okay. Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to be pulling an Obi-Wan Kenobi hanging from pawns like he does with the robot in, the, in episode two. That's not going to happen. Probably not. Probably ripped one of my limbs right off. Mm-hmm. So, well, then I guess we're going the stinky route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to avoid it as well. So. On the plus side... It's not like the sewer system has been used in a while, so it might actually. Huh. Very good point. <laughs> okay. Those are some good thoughts. Maybe. I love your optimism. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. There's no, there's no sewer rats that are you know mutant or anything like that. Yeah. Hey, hey, those Probably rats not. have names. To be on, to be on the safe side, what you might want to do is let your sentient robot companion go first. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just in case there are any pockets of oh, gas or harmful bacteria. I've or... got environmental controls on my suit. Gas in a sewer? What? <laughs> okay. That's true. I always forget that the suits in this game like protect us from, yeah. from all sorts yeah, of Yeah, they're awesome. very cool. 
they have limited duration, of course, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's based on the level of the suit. Mine is um, level five, level one, so you know I have one day of protections, but yeah, it might protect you from hazards, but know. does it protect you from smells? It's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. We may have right. to find out. It, I mean, it can protect you from from toxic fumes and stuff so i would think so hmm. wait where's we'll where's out. the en- entrance to this sewer do we, is it like a, a grate or do we just like walk into a giant hole in the ground my understanding is there is a grate they had a sewer system laid out through the city the entrance that the upgraded saint told me about was one such do you have schematics for the sewer system? Something that would allow us to navigate them more easily? No, I I don't. As I said, I've I've not been there myself, and mm. my predecessor was not one to make maps. Those parameters are suboptimal for our needs. We will see if we can map our route and return that data to you so that you can pass it on. Do we that have would a be very helpful. Oh, we have an Uzi. I don't know. You do have an Uzi. I, I don't have a compass now. <laughs> Different kind of Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> Your five is just like I am a compass. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I, I say we send Uzi down first, but I think five is ready to go too. So. Okay. okay. All right. Let's um, let's search for it. Five E. Can yeah, I? Can I talk to you for a moment before you go? Of course, Victor. If you'll excuse me, gentlemen. And, you know, he kind of steps away from the group a little bit. He pulls back his sleeve and removes a small leather bracelet. I have something I'd like you to take with you. I think it might help you as it has me. It's a a simple leather wrapping and dangling from it is a a small charm of three interlocking rings. It seems to be carved out of rock. It's the symbol of the Church of Tryon. I received this in my hour of need and you may find use for it in yours. Fivey's neck servos quirk his head slightly to one side in a uh, approximation of humanoid quizzicalness. Um, it's occurring to him that he has no need for ornamentation, but he senses that it's an important symbolic gesture that this or- organic being is giving him this. And so he reaches out and takes the bracelet and says, thank you for the gift, Victor. It's very thoughtful. I shall wear it proudly. And he attaches it to his right wrist above one of his ammo clips. He nods. You are a rarity in this place. Not only as a functional SRO, but as one who seeks the deeper knowledge of the universe. I hope you never relinquish your quest. I have no intention of giving up. I do have one question, Victor. 
Why would the Garugatol be interested in me? As you may have seen coming here, technology is not what it once was. Those such as yourselves are very rarely seen, particularly in a working condition. I see. So their intent would be to reverse engineer and or repurpose my hardware. Those parameters are suboptimal and unacceptable. I do hope that you refuse to accept them. Yes, it would be very unfortunate if they were to repurpose you, as you say. Most unfortunate. He snaps a uh, <laughs> clip into his gun almost reflexively. Uh, Uzi looks up from cleaning his teeth with the dog slicer. Oh, pretty boy priest talk for days. We go now. Yeah, 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 we're looking for the great. Do, do you know the way there, Uzi? Uzi can find anything. Excellent. That's I, just great. <laughs> that, the joke goes completely over <laughs> Uzi's head. Well, it's because he's short. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Sick burn. Goodness. All right. 5e turns to, to Uzi walking away from Victor and says, I am prepared to depart. All right, let's, yeah, let's get to these sewers. All right, he gives a big smile and starts walking out the big double doors. All right, so having helped scavenge through this area, 5e, um, you have a general idea of the surroundings of the church. With this knowledge and... Uzi's guidance, you all managed to avoid the dangers of the immediate area. So that role you did earlier helped you out. Excellent. Well done. A few hours of cautious walking brings the crew to an overfilled aqueduct. High-rise buildings line both sides of the constructed river tall grass and reeds swarming their foundation. Moss and massive lily pads cover the slowly flowing stream. Over there is where pretty boy speak of. He shudders. Dolly's never mentioned that. Downstream, the top of the sewer grate can be seen through the moss. Sitting on top of the concrete overpass is a twisting, gnarled growth. It stretches at least two stories high, with six Ooh. open pods hanging over the water. The pods themselves are collared with a stunningly blue, bioluminescent ring of petals, and a spiral into a wicked magenta point. On the other side of the stream is a small, leaf-covered animal that's carefully moving towards the water's edge. It reaches out a gentle paw and begins to clean itself. The moment the paw pulls back from the water, the massive plant strikes with lightning speed and precision. The little creature appears to be stunned, 
as it falls headlong into the water, and a second strike from the towering plant splashes into the water, and the creature is gone. Uh oh. The plant once again returns to its docile composure, and Uzi gulps. Okay. Ivy turns to look at, at the rest of you and says, Parameters are suboptimal. Don't go <laughs> in the water. <laughs> yeah. How, how are we going to get to that grate? <laughs> uh, he says the bars underwater are uh, bent open. Uh, uh, was he not great swimmer, but he could make it if big bad plant not eat him. Okay. Polly's uh, uh, <laughs> robot, can, can you swim or you rust? Uh, Fuzzy probably maybe can. Can, fro can floaty brain swim? I should have no difficulty traversing the current. My armor is a little heavy. I might have some trouble, but uh, I I can hold my own. Is there any swimming rules that I should know about in this that would prevent uh, if me? If you don't have a swim speed, it's mm -hmm. an athletics roll. Oh, well, I don't remember seeing a swimming speed on my character sheet. Yeah. No reason <laughs> why you would. That would make... <laughs> The little no tiny legs, little tiny arms. I, I almost imagine the brain would just keep him afloat like a little bobber. <laughs> <laughs> he is his own life vest. Uh, I so first things first. I want to test the waters. Uh, quite literally, I want to grab a rock or something and throw it into the water. All right, how far or how close do you want to throw it towards this point? Uh, I don't want to be anywhere near this thing when <laughs> it's the water. <laughs> yeah, but are you, just gonna, are you going to throw the rock as close as you can to the plant, or are you going to throw it a little further away, like where are you throwing this rock? Oh, how, how far was the, the animal when it got grabbed? It was probably 15 feet or so. Okay. I'm going to throw it as close to the grate as I can. Okay, so you pick up a nearby stone, throw it down towards the water in front of the grate, and as it splashes, one of the pods immediately goes right for that spot. Splashes in, comes back up, doesn't seem to be holding the rock or anything, but then just relaxes again. How long does it take for it after it strikes to go back to a neutral position? Hmm, that's a good question. Takes about six seconds or so, probably. Oh, like like one turn. Hmm. Is it? Imagine, but there's multiple pods. Um, there are. Correct. There's yeah. six, right? Yeah. Yes. And Two then for each of us. Great. <laughs> they were possibly based off of sound or movement. Now I, I think guess it's is touching to the water. Out. I think it is. Okay. I think it's when it touches the water. Hmm. So it has some sort of capability of feeling anything hitting. That's that's like yeah. the worst case scenario. So uh -huh. did we see uh, how far down the thing reached? Like, was it just like barely scratching the surface or did it like really dig down into the water? It seems like it goes a fair distance. It doesn't just like touch the surface and stop. It seems like mm -hmm. it heads at least enough to get the front of its pod into the water. Yeah, can I can I toss another rock, but I want to get this one to the shore that's next to the water. 
Yeah, absolutely. I want to see if it... Okay, so same thing. Fossil rock. All right. As it hits the shore on the other side, the rock bounces a couple times, and the plant does not move. Okay. One, one more test. Uh, Ponce, take your telekinesis. With, take this rock with your telekinesis and just set it in the water. No splash. See if it reacts. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll I'll see how far it can reach. I don't want to get too close. And I'll uh, stretch out the hand as far as it goes, which I believe is 30, 30, 35 30. feet? 30 feet. Uh, and just gently lower it into the water. Okay, go ahead and give me a stealth roll. You're trying to do it as gently as you can. Of course. Seven would be my stealth roll for pawns. It's not great. So you reach out with your mind. It takes shape into the form of a hand which grasps stone. The hand gently moves over and goes to set the stone down on the water. And the moment... It touches. <laughs> Plant comes down, grabs a stone. And it's very sensitive then. Perhaps we could throw a bunch of things in and then try to dive in immediately after. If it doesn't work, we're going to be shooting a plant. We have also not yet ascertained the depth of the river. It's possible that one of us could swim to the bottom and navigate to the grate without being detected. That's a possibility, too. We can also just try to shoot them from here, though I don't know how long that would take, and also the noise might cause a problem. If we shoot, it'd probably attract everything in the area. Yeah. Most pity. I could use the target practice. <laughs> Do we have a way to uh, burn it, maybe? I still don't have any flame capabilities. I'd say whoever the best swimmer of us is should maybe test the waters further down and uh, see how deep it is. That is probably not me. Yeah, not, not me either. Not Uzi. Mm. Well, process of elimination. 5e. <laughs> I'd like to test the waters for us. Certainly. Would you like me to swim down to the riverbed and approach? Carefully. Very well. Five E steps to the river riverside, and uh, you hear his exoskeletal shell somewhat snap, and almost as if it's sealing up. And he looks back at you and says, "I was designed to act as a caretaker for children. Being waterproof is a requisite." <laughs> and with that, he dives in, sinks to the bottom and begins to slowly swim toward the grate, keeping an eye up at the surface for what might be breaking through. All right, that All was right. a lot more gung-ho than I was expecting. Okay. Go ahead and give me uh, <laughs> athletics for that swim. Yeah, third. Hmm, not bad, not great. That's a, that's a 12. All right. And everybody else who's standing on the shore, go ahead and give me perception. This is fine. 
Hans has a 27. Script got a 12. Hans, you definitely notice this. Like, Scriff, you get the right idea, but as 5e jumps into this body of water, the pods, all of them turn and look right at that direction, but they don't strike the water. They just seem to be sitting and waiting. Mm. So maybe they respond to sonic stimuli? Okay, so... Could, could I go kind of away from the pods and try to lower myself down as well, then? Absolutely. All right. Please Let's go for this. Come on in. Uh, I don't know. I don't like this. The water. I don't like it either. Fine. <laughs> I don't like this at all. All right. That's an athletics check, you said? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's obviously my best. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, the two! Oh no! It was nice knowing you, Pons. So Uzi and Scriff are still standing on the shore, and Uzi just kind of looks over at Scriff, like, "Is is this plan? Are we just jumping in and swimming at plant?" Wow! No, I don't. Pons, be careful. What happened, right. Adam? Well. <laughs> If we're swimming, I guess we're swimming. So. I'm not going in yet. I want to know what happens to Pons. <laughs> I might have to save him. Good luck. Does he start uh. floating downstream? <laughs> 5e is kind of at the bottom of this aqueduct, swimming towards the opening of the grate. And 5e underwater, you see that the grate itself... The bars are bent, but roots have grown over the opening. Hmm. Hans absolutely looks like a toy that's been thrown into the water, and he's just floating <laughs> aimlessly and gently down the stream. He's, like, flailing his little arms and legs. Is Away or surface? towards the plant? He is gently floating towards it. Bobbing. Oh, so this, this, this aqueduct leads into the grate. It does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh guys, I, I don't swim Pons, well. don't, this don't move. Just, just I'm float. Just, just do anything. <laughs> no, stop splashing. All right. The You'll plant seems it. very interested. As <laughs> How far away is Pons from 5e? He jumped in uh, fairly quick after. So, say, 10 feet or so. All right. Um, could I attempt another athletics check to grab him and pull him down to the bottom with me before he gets too close to those pods? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Save that me. Is, that is a 23. Nice. Nice. Okay, so you 5e swims over, reaches up, grabs basically the entire body of pawns, pulls mm-hmm. him down, and from the shore, Scriff and Uzi just see pawns <laughs> disappear into the water. No, pawns! I think he's dead. I'm going in after him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me let me activate <laughs> let me activate my calm link as I'm swimming back down <laughs> and tell and tell Scriff, it's alright, I've got him. He's oh. dead No, it's it, it's okay, Uzi. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does does occur okay. to the robot that, that looks it, it was just 5e. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. 5e right. still alive. Big Tolly's okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. Back back underwater, I will I will look at Ponce and and say, do you have anything that could possibly cut through or remove those plant tendrils? They seem to be blocking our, pr- our path forward. The plants are just waiting. Can I breathe? I can't breathe, right? With your environmental, environmental protection, you if can you turn breathe. them on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we can breathe them. That's great. Uh, mm, to cut them, I, I mean, I have a laser bat. Or I have a, you have I have a, a laser? pistol. No, I have a pistol. Mm, oh. That's not going to work. Land trust. I could shoot something at it, though. Well, so could I. I was hoping you had a more delicate solution. Oh, nope. Definitely not in my webtar. Nope. Mm, do you do you mean shoot something with your mind? I do mean shoot something with my mind. I was going to if I could can telekinetic projectile it, maybe. Interesting. I've heard worse ideas. Is there anything around here that is remotely flammable or explosive? Unfortunately, there's no red barrels that have an explosive symbol on it or anything. What near kind of the... video game is this? That's <laughs> how we defeat the All boss. of the Does area. he have any glowy points? Yes, I mean, actually. The flowers, his, the his flower flowers are, glowy. are a little glowy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. but because yeah, this is so close to basically overflowing aqueduct all the plant life looks very healthy so not much flammable dry things nearby hmm okay well i'm gonna try to shoot this thing with my mind then okay go ahead give me a roll uh to hit was a 17. This, and what's uh, your damage? Um, what attack Two. is this? Telekinetic p- projectile. It is a cantrip or a level zero spell. So you're not hitting it with your mind. You're hitting it with an object. Um, you fling. Oh, okay. Actually, I thought it was more like the other spell, oh. but you're correct. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the forest. You pick up something and fling it. Yeah, I'll just, I needed to know that it there. was a mental action rather than a gun because mm-hmm. most of them do not work underwater. Correct. Yeah. No. There's just... penalties. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll grab a rock from the bottom of the water here and throw it at uh, the vines. That was a. It was two damage. Two damage. Okay. Two. So you mm-hmm. pick up the rock, fling it with the power of your mind. You projectile it through the water and it hits one of the vines and <laughs> snaps it in half. There's still quite a few there. Well, this is going to be a long time. Um, Scriff, do you have anything we could cut some vines with? This grate is overrun by them. Or some um, roots. I, I have my claws. Mm. Uzi's really picking his teeth water. with his He's got, dog oh, yeah, slicer Uzi again. Has, Uzi has the dog slicer. Well, throw, throw him in the water. Uh, Uzi, Uzi can't hear this, but his ears perk up for some reason. Uzi, they need you in the water. It might be more optimal to simply send the Here, dog let me fix that little crack on your us. on your helmet so you can breathe. I'll I'll uh, just pat down some mud or something on, <laughs> on it to Yeah, the, his helmet is you know got several cracks in it and water absolutely will pour in immediately. What's the Starfinder duct tape? 
ion tape. Yeah. <laughs> I want some. I don't have it yet. That stuff's awesome. Okay, so you, you kind of do some makeshift patchwork on it. Go ahead and give me an engineering check. Cool. 25. 25. All right, you managed to take some, like, straps from his uniform and put it over there and Hold bind still. it on. So you managed to get his helmet more or less water, probably resistant, not proof. That should buy you a couple of minutes underwater, at least. <laughs> this probably nicest helmet I ever seen in Space Goblin Plan. He can only oh. see like halfway through it now because it's got all these <laughs> opaque patches on it. I actually feel kind of sad for him. <laughs> All right, why why does why is Ozzy needed underwater? They need your your dog slicer, your cutting skill to cut the vines. Well, Ozzy lived pretty good life. I will cover you from up here. <laughs> he kind of just like slowly and pistol. a little sadly walks into the water. <laughs> I believe in you, Ozzy. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so he wades into oh the water and I just rolled an athletics check for Uzi with mm -hmm. a nat 20 yes yeah. Uzi's a G he swims down into the water and swims up to 5e and pawns and he holds up his dog slicer like what yeah, do you I, need I like gesture him with my head kind of like pointing him and then pointing at the vines and then pointing at him again. Can't you, like, mind talk? Yeah. Or something? <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> you can <laughs> mind talk. Choose not to. I don't want to be in that mind. I don't know where it's been. <laughs> uh, see if you get the, the idea first. That, I may never return. Okay, he, he looks at it, holds up the dog slicer in the water like... You know, he obviously gets that you want him to slice the things, uh -huh. but you can tell just right away he's very hesitant to move towards the plants that are killing everything in sight. Can't imagine why. Um, uh, I'm going to start collecting a pile of rocks. Okay. I'm going to just get a big old pile of rocks. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. And There's I'm tons gonna, of pieces yeah. of debris all over the place. And I'll, I'll, once I've gathered, I don't know, like a hundred or so, I'm going to say, let me know when uh, when he goes in and I will create a distraction. Yeah, as you're collecting these rocks, you know, the, the one leak in Uzi's helmet is just like springing and hitting him in the face the whole time. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll use uh, my telepathy here and see if I can't convince him to you know, come closer. And I'll, I'll say, the, the longer we take, the, the more dangerous this this becomes. We, if you're already down here, come come help, please. He definitely takes a second. Of, oh, why is there a voice in my head? <laughs> 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 and then, like, looks at the brain. Uh, oh. and you can actually hear him voice all that a little bit through the water. <laughs> you want me to roll a pers uh, persuasion check? Yeah. Try to persuade him as best you can. Yes. Let's see here. It would be probably diplomacy. 
Oh yeah, that's a different one. Okay. Hmm, you know, that's a natural one plus three. Four total. Right, so Fivey, you can see that they're kind of communicating and Uzi looks really hesitant and he does not seem to want to move closer. He's like offering up the dog slicer for someone else to go do it, but is not convinced to do it himself. I will take the dog slicer from the goblin and swim up and start cutting the vines. And as you do that, I just had another idea. So I was going to throw rocks into the pond or into the aqueduct and get it to just attack that instead. What I'm going to do instead is I call up Cat on my datapad. Cat, what is your maximum volume level? I can go to several decibels above ear shattering if need be. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I'm uh, I, further back from everyone, or far enough back that, that we haven't seen the plant attack at that <laughs> distance. I'm going to wade into the water and stick my arm pad underneath the water, and I say... Maximum volume, white noise. Oh man, very interesting. Can to, I just? Yeah, um, the goal is to just create as much disruption under the water uh, to to mask everyone else going up the aqueduct. So many of my teammates' decisions make me happy that I'm not playing an organic being. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be As, a little muffled underwater. It would absolutely be a little muffled. As 5e moves forward, you absolutely detect the decibels of sound moving through the water. The volume is so loud, I'm going to have Scriff, Hans, and Uzi all make a fortitude save against this. Uh, Scriff got a 14. That's a 4! Oh, man. Hans is not doing well with his rolls right now. Okay. So everyone who failed will take four sonic damage. And another crack forms in Uzi's helmet. Who who failed? I did. Definitely. Definitely pawns. Uh, what was the uh, script roll again? I got a 14. A 14, you pass. Okay. I'll go ahead and take that then from pawns. All right. And Scriff, since you're the only one above water, go ahead, give me a perception check. Okie dokie. I got a 24. Nicely done. And I in think good that's timing. my best perception roll ever. <laughs> I think it is. That was good, yeah. Natural The 19. plants seem to be very confused. All six of the pods are moving around. Some of them are moving close to the water. Some of them are hitting, but they're seem to be freaking out from this noise. Nice. That's pretty cool. You gotta dive in after us. Come on. Come on, Scriff. Well, I'm most likely the one to be attacked if I get close. So you all go first and then <laughs> we'll get me through. Alright, how's that, uh, Uzi? I'm producing <laughs> the noise. Ivy's uh... the one up ahead. You kept moving, right? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Going straight for that grate. Gonna try to cut all those tendrils off so we can get through and get past this thing. Okay, as you move in, go ahead, give me an attack roll. 
as I roll something as well. All right, an attack roll of 11. Hopefully that is good enough to attack a stationary vine. Absolutely. You get your feet planted on the vines and just start hacking away at these things. And as you do, you start making a lot of motion in the ocean, as it were, and <laughs> one of the pods <laughs> comes straight at you. What's uh, what's your armor class, real quick? Uh, kinetic, I assume. Indeed. Uh, these are energy plants. <laughs> <laughs> they shoot <Fourteen>. lasers. <laughs> okay, so here is the all-important part, and this comes from Scriff's clever idea. They have a 50% miss chance on you. Oh, nice. nice. And you're going to need it, because mm. that's a 17. Mm. Oh, oh, sad face. So... I'd like to have you roll the D100 on this. All right. Oh, yes. 73. Yes. 73. No love for that guy. All right. So you see a giant pod come in right next to you as you're hacking away at this thing. It's inches from your face as it pulls back up. Now, as you hack away at these vines, you feel the water starting to pull more as if it was blocked by these vines. Mm. You keep hacking, and after a while, it's getting to the point where you can barely hold on to the spot you're at. You can choose either to try to maintain your position or you can roll with the current. I'm going to try to maintain, but also um, fire off a comm link message and, and say, the speed of the current is increasing. We can't hold this position for much longer. I believe we're being pulled in. Um, athletics to hold my ground? Absolutely. And Hans, you feel the water start to move as well. Scriff, even though you're not completely in it, you feel it moving around your waist. I, I just imagine Pons like a literal weed thrown into a river and it's just, just like <laughs> yeah. yeah you're already moving yeah. hopefully a 15 is good enough on athletics to keep the group together all right so as you're starting to get pulled in you re-grip on one of the bars of the grating and manage to hold your position you see pawns floating towards you you hear him screaming quietly over the radio <laughs> Screaming quietly over the radio. It's like muffled. And it's like, ah. Uzi. <laughs> Uzi sees that this is happening and starts swimming towards pawns. Griff, what do you do? Grab it. Grab it. Uh, as soon as they, I get the all clear um, from pawns and Uzi, I will head downstream. All right. You're hanging onto the bar 5e, pawns, and Uzi come floating right at you. Do you grab them or you let them go? I'm probably going to let them go because our, our objective is to go into the sewers and this is the way in. 
Okay. Um, so it's it's less. I'm less worried about them going in, and more worried about them being unprotected as they pass through. Gotcha. If the pods are going to hit something, I would prefer it to be me. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you guys say anything to Scriff, or just keep moving? Just screaming. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> are are you true? Are you? T- uh, yeah, <laughs> what happens to us there, Adam? As you float right up to 5e, one of the pedals comes in. Oh. It's right in front of you, Pawns. And does an 8 hit your armor? <laughs> you know, it barely doesn't hit my armor, so... <laughs> it, it just, like, hits your brain, but you just go under the water, do a little flip, little. and keep moving. <laughs> a little rubber ducky sound. As it gets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you and Uzi whoosh, go by 5E and continue down into the sewers. Outside, Scriff, you, the, you know, this screaming is still happening. <laughs> Nothing has changed as far as that goes. Are they, are they clear? Are you clear? Affirmative. All right, I'm going I in. I think that'd be a good idea. I wade in. Okay, go ahead. Give me athletics as you go to swim down this river. It's already flowing in the right direction, so probably won't be too hard, right? 19. 19. It's very solid. All right, you managed to keep your balance and your equilibrium as this stream's pulling you along you see 5e up ahead right at the grate i'm gonna change my command to cat as i'm floating downstream as well okay uh instead of white noise i want cat to start making uh like an oscillating like a sine wave sound so it's okay gets louder and then a little quieter Hmm. Hmm. that's very interesting Modulate the frequency and other sciencey sounding things. <laughs> it's, it throws in some like beep boop boops noise and they're doing science. <laughs> Do some science. Doing science, Griff. <laughs> Are you float towards this thing and it's going to take a shot as you at you as well. Again, it's going to have that high miss chance. But this one's going to be even more important because that's another nat 20. I'm rolling hot today. Oh, no. Mm. So you're going to have to roll that 100 to see if this nat 20 connects or not. So we want above a 50 to save from? Yes. Okay. You want above a 50. Below is bad. I got an 85. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Okay, so it comes in, and this wicked point on the front of the pod comes in, hits you in the armor, and you do, like, pawns a little flip under the water and spin off as you go past 5e. A little sickening, but you make it through 5e. You're on the inside of these roots hanging on. Everyone else has gone past you. Do you just let go? No, just let go and uh, allow the current to carry me in. Okay. The water rushes down this underground corridor. It banks left, it banks right, goes down a little bit. 
And then you see ahead of you, the water drops like a waterfall. Oh. Now I'm going to need everyone to give me a fortitude save. Alrighty. Because oh. we go over the waterfall? Because you go over or, the waterfall. So, so we're definitely hitting the ground here? Or do you want us... <laughs> 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 Alright, or do you want us to... Can I... No, I don't really see any other options. I mean, You're right. you could... You, Pons, could potentially, could if you fly. can figure out a good way to get out of rushing water, like, I don't know how strong your could I ability to fly is. Flex, or... I guess fortitude is the strength side of it, so that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's go ahead, but strong. if you succeed, then you could potentially get yourself out of the water. Okay, okay, cool. Well, my fortitude save result is an eight. Eight. Okay. Goodness. Uh, is a two. Griff, is a two. It's a two. Bonds. Mm-hmm. Bonds. How about Griff? Join us in the single digits club over here. Fortitude, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. That's a 21. Ooh, oh, Scriff's rolling hot now. Got those fortitude saves. I'm feeling buff now. <laughs> feeling all healthy. All three of you go over this waterfall. You then, as you're falling here, Uzi, hit the oh. water as well. Boom, you splash into the water. And... The people who resurface are Pawns, Scriff, and Uzi. Where's, where's 5E? 5E! Comms, pull up the comms. 5E, can you hear me? Are you alright? Static. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll like duck my giant brain down into the water like a bird and see if I can't see him down below. <laughs> <laughs> you see Paul, or sorry, 5E on the ground laying there like a rock. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I'll come back up for a second. Oh, oh no. He's he's under there. Uh, he's not moving. Um, I'm going in. I'll dive back down for Okay. Him. Uzi sees this happening and goes under as well. So go ahead, give me athletics if you want to grab 5e, and Uzi is going to assist you. Uzi assists. Okay, so with the assist, I got a 20. Nice. Very good. Griff, you and Uzi swim down, you know, the, the smallest members of the crew. Each of you hook an arm around 5e, start swimming, and bring him over to the concrete walkway nearby. Managed to pull him out. As you guys pull out the seemingly unconscious 5e, Scriff, you begin to radiate a noise. It's the it's the radiation badge. I look around for it and I, I pull it out and check the readings. You can see that it is indeed moving. It has begun to detect radiation in your area. If I move it around, can I tell what direction it's coming from? It seems to be coming from deeper in the sewers. 
which you'll have to venture into next chapter. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, every time, every time. Thank you very coming. much for yeah. listening. That was a whole lot of fun. There's some really clever ideas in there. Great. Good job, guys. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at Bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.